One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Sportster.com. If you're hearing this for the first time, you're probably wondering who I am and what we're doing because this channel, as you may have noted in the past, belonged to Pro Wrestling Sheet. Ryan Satin, who used to work with Pro Wrestling Sheet and now does some stuff with Fox and WWE, uh, used to run a podcast here back in 2020 and all the way back to 2015. At that point, it was called Wrestling Sheet Radio, but no more. Uh, We have now acquired Collider, which used to own Pro Wrestling Sheet, so now we are the Wrestling Sheet, but we are changing this show a little bit. We're going to be doing what we call the Sportster Show, which is a podcast on a regular basis, probably uh, once or twice a month, uh, at least. We'll see how it goes. We'll get things going. But we're going to be bringing back the show to this channel. So if you're a wrestling fan, we've got great news for you. We're going to be doing this show on a regular basis again. It's going to be Norman Quarantine from the Sportster and myself, Jim Parsons, kind of taking over where Ryan left off. Now, we appreciate everything that Ryan did. We know that he's moved on to bigger and better things. And we're going to be doing our best to fill the shoes. But the show is going to be a lot different. It's not going to be exactly the same. It's not going to be Pro Wrestling Sheet, uh, which was acquired by Sportster. Uh, We are going to do our own thing, our own brand. We'll be talking different uh, AEW, WWE topics and discussion, and we'll have some guests on. We'll have a lot of fun with this, so we hope that you guys stick around. We're excited to do this show with you. Uh, We hope that at some point you'll interact and get with us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and everything else uh, where this podcast is probably going to show up from time to time. Uh, but we just wanted to introduce ourselves and say uh, welcome to the Sportster Show. On behalf of myself, Jim Parsons, and the Sportster, uh, we're looking forward to it. And you know what we're going to do? This very first episode, uh, now that we've kind of reintroduced you to the idea of what we're doing, we're actually going to give you an episode. Right now, it's going to be our WrestleMania uh, recap. And Norman and I sat down and we talked about what happened on WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday for WrestleMania 38. And we kind of ran through the show. And so we're going to give you that episode right now. So thank you, you guys. We appreciate everybody joining us. We hope that you guys stick with us, uh, that you become regulars on this channel again, and that you enjoy the podcast because we're going to have a lot of fun making it. And uh, we appreciate everything that uh, Pro Wrestling She did and Collider and Ryan Satin. Uh, but we're going to change things up a little bit. And we're looking forward to doing this with you guys. 
and doing a brand new show. Uh, really enjoying this. So uh, stick around. And uh, WrestleMania Recap 38, Saturday and Sundays coming up right now. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're, what, one day removed now, officially, from WrestleMania 38, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, night one, night two, however you want to talk about it. Uh, Norman, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm I'm recovering from a a busy weekend for um for us people who work in wrestling journalism. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it was hectic. It was a a long time, uh, lots of hours, uh, but work for the most part. I think everybody was kind of like, how can they possibly say this is going to be stupendous? This is yeah, maybe one of the most poorly built WrestleManias in forever. Yeah, and to me, wound up being one of the more memorable WrestleManias in forever. I would say uh, this might have been my favorite WrestleMania in probably the last five years, at least. Yeah, I'll go for that too, man. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it a lot more. It's probably my favorite one since like thirty, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I or maybe thirty-one. No, since thirty. Yeah, maybe thirty or thirty-one. I'd say I'd say it was my favorite one since then. Um, the expectations were low. You know, the build the builds weren't particularly great. I don't think there were. I, I would say most people weren't super enthusiastic about about the shows, um, but they they pulled it out of the bag, man. It was good. They for overall both nights very very good, very entertaining. Even night two, which was obviously the weaker night, had its moments. And yeah, I think I think everyone could be really proud of of what of what they accomplished. Yeah, this was uh, certainly night one and night two were different from each other, mm-hmm. uh, but. I did. I thought that too, thinking, okay, night one's going to be the standout night after it was finished. I'm like, yeah, that was fantastic. How can night two live up to that? But in a way, it did, but differently. Like, it wasn't as entertaining in terms of the in-ring product, like the wrestling part of it. But mm-hmm. the moments, the WrestleMania moments that happened on night two, uh, I was really into it. Like, it took a little while to get rolling. But man, the last hour of night two was, was pretty fantastic for me. So... Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it. We won't necessarily run all the way through every single match. We'll we'll be here forever if we do that because I think the runtime was close to seven hours when you put night one and night two together. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're not gonna do that here. But what we will do is kind of go through, uh, talk about our favorite moments, talk about some of the ones that didn't stand out for us uh, among our favorites, and just sort of recap the night. If you guys are on here on the YouTube channel right now and you're watching live. Uh, and you can see this. Go ahead and put your comments in there. Let us know what you guys thought about the show. Um, everything else. I just popped it up. I don't know if you guys could hear that on my end. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to kind of break it down and, and talk about that. So, Norm, I'll let you go first. Uh, if we're going to pick, say, like two or three of our t- weekend, where would you rank your top three? You want to go three to one or one to three? Top to yeah, third let's favorite go, let's or go third three, let's go three to one maybe yeah and i'm okay. trying to I'll just i'll kind of do this off the top of my head right for stuff that's like sticking in my brain i think um i think for number so three you do three and i'll do three then you do two and i'll do two and then I'll, works, you do one, I'll, we'll i like do our it, top yeah. three each. and okay. then if we double up then we can just skip we, you know, yeah, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just build on each other yeah. yeah so i'll say number three i think i'm gonna go with uh bianca belair defeating finally defeating becky lynch and some long-term storytelling paying off which we don't see super often in wwe at least intentionally i think sometimes it happens and people call it long-term storytelling but it was completely by accident uh i thought the match was incredible the moment was beautiful and 
for Bianca Belair to have two years in a row the best match at WrestleMania uh, is incredible. And she's she's two for two. She's only had two WrestleManias, and she's killed it every time. She's she's incredible. Yeah, I thought that match was really good. And I said to you before we kind of came on here, I think that might have been the best match for me in terms of the in-ring work. There were some mm-hmm. really good ones. Uh, yeah. But this one was solid. And I watched it twice. Uh, there was a couple of matches on night one that I went back and I watched again on Sunday prior mm-hmm. to night two. That was one of them. And it really was good. Like, they're just mm-hmm. there's just no denying how good it was. Even when it wasn't perfect, like when there was a couple spots where like Lynch is trying to get up on his shoulders or trying to pull a move off, they were able to take what wasn't good and turn it into something that worked. They did kind of cool roll-ups, and they, they made their in-ring chemistry, these two, is undeniable. Like, they're so yeah. good together. And, and that made that match excellent. And the build and the emotion and Lynch playing her part as the heel mm-hmm. and Belair playing her part as the babyface. The crowd was into it. They were hot for almost all of the match. It was really solid. I'm not going to put it in my top three, but it mm-hmm. was my favorite match of the okay. entire weekend. In terms okay. of the actual in-ring wrestling product, I thought it, it was maybe tops. Not mm-hmm. if not tied for another match that I'm going to have in my top three, um, but it was right up there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with that match. I thought it was super solid. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so my number three was actually Pat McAfee, uh, night mm-hmm. two. That dude might have been, outside of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the most popular person in WWE this weekend. His pop yeah. was massive, like mm-hmm. incredible. And the fact that they got Seven Nation Army, White Stripes music to open, have him come down. You knew immediately when that hit, people were going to go crazy. They were going yeah. to sing and chant. He was so over and so huge, and he did such a good job. Like, imagine being McAfee and getting that moment, right? Not yeah. only do you get your match, which you've just wanted forever, but mm-hmm. you get to wrestle Vince McMahon when you're done and lose. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm sure he's loving. Then he, gets to, <laughs> then he gets to fight with Steve Austin. And he milked every inch of that moment. And it yeah. was so good. For me, uh, definitely in my top three. He was a star this weekend. I thought I, t- I agree, man. He was job. the most over baby face on the entire show other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, yeah. you know, they were in Texas. So, you know, uh, he he basically nailed everything. He did everything he was supposed to do. Did it perfectly. Um, had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Got a win at WrestleMania. Yeah, he, he his his selling of the stunner. But I, it was a t- toss up between him and Austin Theory between oh, best stunner. So stunner different, stuff. but so cool at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. He goes straight up, dead body falls right over. Austin mm-hmm. Theory goes up in the air, his legs kicking like a like he's pedaling a bicycle. Oh my gosh! Both and um, so good. well, and McAfee did the beer spit as well, which is always awesome to see uh, when yeah. someone gets stunned. And yeah, he was actually just living in the moment. Really, really entertaining match. Um, I did think the post. I did. I thought maybe the Vince, the Vince Pat McAfee stuff went on a little bit too long, but it was it was thoroughly enjoyable. And of course, Vince McMahon eating the stunner and just the the most or probably the worst stunner ever. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me ask you: <laughs> Do you think that was intentional, or do you think that was just him not being able to take the move properly? I wonder if theories about this. Yeah, I was thinking. You know, when he he bounced off the ropes and came back, and then kind of just, and then he got like stunned. Yeah. I wonder if he was trying. If there was just some miscommunication there, and Vince was thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to come off the ropes, and then you can hit me with, you can kick me in the gut and hit me with a proper stunner." But Austin didn't clock that, and so he just did the just did the little, you know head grab pull you down thing i mean the guy's like what 76 years old or whatever you can't i mean look stunners people have been 
as we saw McAfee and Austin Theory, that's how you should sell a stunner at this in this day and age for for sure. Uh, Vince has never been like the best stunner seller, although I swear I've seen him sell some. Oh no, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm asking because there's the theory that it just was got screwed up and McMahon couldn't take it. But there's also the theory that this was an homage back to I don't know what it was ninety seven. 1997. I see what you Mc, mean. Yeah, McMahon is known for taking the worst stunner in the history of stunners, and mm-hmm. some people. And write your own narrative here if you want to. Uh, you know, good old EC3. You can decide how you want to interpret this. To me, I think they did this on purpose. Now, I don't know if it was exactly how they had written it up, but mm-hmm. I do believe because Austin's laughing his ass off. Austin right? was corpsing, man. He oh was absolutely gosh. cracking up. Man, yeah. You got to know McMahon's smart enough to know, look, dude, I'm the worst stunner guy in the world. Mm-hmm. I might as well milk that for all it's worth. Let's continue to make me the worst stunner seller ever. And mm-hmm. he just, he debauched it so bad on purpose just to pay homage to when they did it back in the 90s. So yeah. I do believe you can go either way and you might not be wrong. You know what I mean? Like it could have been just a terrible move, but it also could have been absolutely intentional and McMahon's smart enough to do that. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I like that theory, like honestly. It was, but it was super entertaining, and after having watched it, I'm like, it couldn't have gone down any better. Yeah, like, it was yeah. awful. I feel you. It was yeah. so bad, but it was, like, so bad it was wonderful. You yeah, I, mean? I feel you, man, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so my number so my number two also involves Austin. I was going to say my number two moment is the main event of night one, the Kevin Owens Stone Cold Steve Austin match, which was basically perfect. Like, it was as good as it they did it was it was what it what it should have been and was just sort of executed basically perfectly you know with a couple of things that maybe could have been done differently but overall it was just really fun really enjoyable and kind of like the good kind of nostalgia trip you know like the not the it just felt good it made everyone feel good um and kevin owens got to main event wrestlemania and i'm sure he's very very happy about that yeah, uh, that's also my number two. In general, just Stone Cold Steve Austin is my number two uh, because he was on both nights, right? I did not mm-hmm. expect to see him on night two, uh, but his his match at the beginning when he got going uh, with Kevin Owens, a little slow. I even commented in our group chat. I was like, man, he looks a little slow. But then all of a sudden, he's drinking the beers. He's starting to feel his oats. He's realizing he's, he's, realized he's at WrestleMania, and he's doing mm-hmm. okay. It's not hurting mm-hmm. him too bad. Then he starts to pick up steam, right? And he gets going. And all of a sudden, he's taking a suplex on the concrete. And I'm like, man, why would they risk that? Why would they do that? And he's totally fine. So he gets yep. up and he's still going. So I'm thinking, man, he's getting better and better and better as this match goes on. And he's feeling more of the old Stone Cold and he's doing that stuff. By night two, he's coming out. He's full Stone Cold mode, right? He's doing mm-hmm. everything that you would ever you know, catch phrases, all the stereotypical stuff you expect from Austin. Uh, his, I think he stole WrestleMania. I think that yeah. this was in many ways, the Steve Austin show. And I'm mm-hmm. super happy for him because he said in interviews prior, he's like, I'm doing this for me. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's getting paid a huge amount of money to come and he's a big attraction and WWE really wants him. But he's doing this because he feels like he did not get the send-off he wanted when he retired the first time with The Rock. He didn't tell anybody he was doing it. Only the Austin Rock and I think McMahon knew. Um, so he didn't get to go away the way he wanted to. So I think he really came back 19 years later for him. And I, I truly believe he got everything he could have wanted out of this experience and more. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was moving around on night two and he wasn't looking like he could barely, barely move. Mm-hmm. That's a huge win for me. So mm-hmm. Austin in general, he's my number two. Cause I thought he really stole the weekend. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, it was well done. And I think actually, I, I'm glad that we didn't see a lot of him in the build up to it. Um, he was only that he was only really in that pre-recorded thing, you know. I'm glad we didn't see him showing up in the arenas and getting into it with Kevin Owens or anything. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Austin is, yeah, star of the show. And I'm like I said, I'm very, very happy for KO, man. He's, and I'm hoping that some, I, I mean, he might need to like go away for a little bit now, like maybe take a few weeks off. But um, yeah, I'm hoping he can, he can get a big push out of this, you know? It'll be interesting because there's a few guys on this card, and maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit, that you wonder where they go now, right? Mm. Kevin Owens, to me, I, I'm going to you know, respectfully disagree with you because I think that maybe the way that that character leaves and he's dragged out by police and you know arrested for the state of Texas or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think he, he's got a built-in angle there. Mm. Like He can mm-hmm. come out and say, look, I, I went toe-to-toe with us and I lost. They dragged me away. Like He's... He's got the heel gimmick right there if he wants it. I don't think he'll be on tonight because I think okay. uh, WrestleMania Monday has got to have so much stuff already. Yeah. I don't know that they necessarily need Owens to be part of it, but mm-hmm. he could. He could absolutely mm-hmm. come up and have a storyline written for him the way that that match closed. So, um, but there are some other people on the show this weekend that I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do with these guys now. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so what was your number one moment? I have a feeling. So before we get to that, one of our one of our viewers, Maureen, she agreed with what we were saying about the Austin thing. She said they played it just right. So yeah, we totally totally agree with you, Maureen. We've got a couple of comments. Um, hello, Vanessa. Vanessa says, "Hey, how are you guys? We're we're good. We're we're tired from covering WrestleMania all weekend." Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, in a good way. Love it. Yeah, in a good Absolutely. way. Yeah, we're we're yeah. we're exhilarated. Um, and if you if you guys are watching and you what you want got any questions to ask me and Jim, feel free to fire away in the comment section. We'll. We'll read it out. Um, yeah, so my number one moment. Number one. Cody Rhodes, man. Um, that's my number one moment. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, how could it not be, I guess? Yeah, I mean, For like... People, I'm sure it was their number one moment. So, worst kept secret, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but still, there's... there's With WWE, with pro wrestling in general, you never, never know. You're never 100% certain of anything. There was always, I think a lot of people, even even among our, our some of our colleagues weren't convinced that it was going to be Cody. I think people thought they would save Cody for Monday and that it was going to be Shane or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was like 90% positive it was going to be him. Um, but I was sort of um, slight, I was sort of cautious about it because I I you I was like is he going to yeah, I wasn't sure how he was going to be presented. Uh, to see him come back with his just post WWE peak AEW Cody Rhodes with the the kingdom music um the gear the american nightmare everything the the, the his tattoo logo everywhere uh i thought that 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 was amazing and he for some reason i don't know what it was he when he was in AEW, he felt like very AEW. He felt like a quintessential AEW guy. But immediately, him being taking, it just feels it's jarring to see someone. We haven't actually seen really anyone go from AEW to WWE, yeah. let alone go from from AEW straight to WrestleMania in front of seventy five thousand people or whatever it was. So yeah. it was jarring to see a guy who we've not. I'm not, and I'm not slagging off AEW's attendance figures here because obviously they AEW does really, really good numbers, uh, ticket sales wise. They, you know, they sold out um, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Very, very impressive. They're not quite capable of selling out a seventy-five thousand seat NFL stadium just yet. I think they probably will get there one day. Um, so it was jarring for me to see Cody Rhodes, who for like the past six years we've only seen wrestle in front of max 15,000 maybe 20,000 if you uh Tokyo Dome or something like that 
to see him go from that straight back straight at to WrestleMania in front of 75 back in a massive massive stadium but he looked like I said to, I said to you when we were watching it he looked very very comfortable back in a WWE ring he, I don't want to say he belongs there but it, it felt like he belonged he it, felt, it feels like he belongs there and that now he's got his groove back he needed to go away he needed to reset he needed to go rebuild his career and get back to what he is now uh, and I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with him next. Now that is going to be interesting to see how it unfolds, right? Yeah, that'll be the big question for a lot of people: is was that the high point, right? Like, I don't believe so. I think they don't do all of this and give them the money they're giving them and bring them back with such grand fanfare if they're not planning something big for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. Uh, he was my number one moment too, and not just because the match was excellent. That was another match I went back and watched with him and Seth Rollins, and holy moly, was it Absolutely. Good. I, I didn't even mention the match. The match was, I loved that match. Yeah. I loved it. And for so many different reasons, depending on the mm-hmm. type of wrestling fan that you are, not only was the wrestling good, the story was good, the tributes and homages, the things that he did to shedding the Stardust character, to paying tribute to his dad, to mm-hmm. all of the things that he did throughout that match, uh, to the close finishes. To I mean, it was so good. And when you, and you had mentioned it early in your comments that he was like, man, we all figured it was going to be Cody Rhodes. I don't know if WWE did this on purpose, if there's any truth to the fact that they weren't sure if he was going to sign and they were sort of waiting to see what happened or if he actually signed up weeks ago. But they it was so solidly booked in people's heads that this was happening, and then it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't, that we all talked ourselves kind of out of it. Right. And so that really made it feel special again when we all Mm because if we had all known it was Cody and we had all been like, yeah, it's Cody, it's Cody, it's Cody, Cody. When it is Cody, you don't get the same. You're like, yeah, it's Cody. But we all knew it was going to be Cody. Yeah. For us, we're all like, is it like, is it Cody? We think it's Mm -hmm. Cody, but could it be Mm -hmm. The Undertaker? Could it be Shane? Could it? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Right. So then when you see it again, you get that second wind of like, oh, yeah, Cody. Right. So you're sort of surprised, even though you're not. So you get that, you, like you said, he gets the AEW gear, he gets the the music, he's got everything that you want, so he's shed that entire uh, past of Stardust and everything else, dashing Cody Rhodes, all that stuff, he's coming out. Yeah, he felt, uh, it looked like he knew exactly that he was supposed to be there. And I, so much so that I have to actually wonder if this was his grand plan all along. Like, I know yeah. he said in interviews... That he always wanted to be in AEW, wanted to be the executive producer forever. He said that. He's gone out publicly and he said, I, I want to be an EVP in AEW till, till I'm done. Mm-hmm. But you also have to go, man, this dude is a genius. Like, this guy left, gambled on himself, did all the work to get himself to be the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, traveled indies, did all this other stuff, mm-hmm. got in AEW early, built AEW with these guys, and then bailed on AEW first. He mm-hmm. can always say now he's the first, right? He mm-hmm. left AEW at the high point of AEW and went back to WWE, arguably in a better situation than leaving AEW at a high point. Like, mm-hmm. it's genius. It's absolutely incredibly smart. And I don't know I, that we are going to give him enough credit when all is said and done because he'll be the first to have ever done it. Yeah, and and he's making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and he said everybody gets paid well, but I he is making a lot of money. Yeah, I wouldn't be, yeah. Uh but and then so his uh, he his last two matches right so his ma- he had he wrestled Seth Rollins on Saturday his last match before that if I'm not mistaken was the ladder match with Sammy Guevara which was very which was a very very good match right it was a very well received match I wasn't as into it as everybody else was I did like it a lot um, 
Do you remember the match, right? The Sammy yeah, Guevara the match. That... Took like the high spot. Like, yeah, he took the massive cutter off the top of the ladder. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a good match. Yeah, it was a good match, and so now he's had what he had a very, very good match in front of what twelve thousand people with an up and comer, an AEW up and comer in Sammy Guevara, and then his next match is it is at WrestleMania against one of the biggest stars in the world, Seth Rollins. Uh, it's just such a weird trajectory, and it's one of those things that can only really happen in wrestling. You know, it's just bizarre. And so you got to watch like his last two, his like last two matches. It's like a ladder match with Sammy Guevara in AEW, and then just a one-on-one workhorse match with Seth Rollins in WrestleMania. You know, um, and he and it goes to show as well that he is with the right opponent. He really is like incredibly gifted in the ring. He's a really really good worker. I mean, his ma- the Rollins match at Mania, I think that was his best match since the Dustin match. Um, yeah. You mean the and first one in AEW? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the match yeah. he had with Dustin, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he, and I, I actually I actually saw Cody's very first non-WWE match. At, uh, it was he, he, perform- he performed at an indie show, an Evolve show in Joppa, Maryland, where he wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. That was okay. his first match post-WWE, and even that was good. It was only like, I think it was like an 11-minute match, but... Because he, I think he was working off a little bit of ring rust from the from the, the you know the no compete clause and all that. Yeah. But it was a great match, man. And uh, I'll say this, and I know AEW fans are not going to like me for saying this, but uh, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to AEW mm. when I say this, but there's two things that stand out for me when it comes to his past in AEW. One, he's one of the few people from AEW. I think someone like an MJF or Chris Jericho or something, if they were to come to WWE, would fit right in. Right? Mm. They've got that whole storytelling. A bit like Cody told a story with Seth Rollins. At WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of AEW guys can do that. A lot of the guys wrestling in that promotion are high spot guys. They go million miles an hour, uh, but I don't know that they can. They have the ability yet to tell the story. And mm-hmm. Cody can. He was he was brought up in WWE. He told those stories in AEW, and a lot of people I think booed him for it, right? Because mm-hmm. he wasn't the AEW guy. He didn't mm-hmm. wrestle mm-hmm. like a lot of the AEW guys did. The second thing is he's come over to WWE, and I don't know if you've seen any of the post-interviews after WrestleMania, his his first match, but without saying anything negative about AEW at all, you can tell in his context, his demeanor, just the way he moves, uh, that he says what he says, that WWE is the big leagues. Like, you you just can tell that he thinks it, right? And he's uh, probably always thought it, right? And you just know he's thinking grander scale at this point. And he's mm-hmm. back where he feels like maybe he should be and maybe mm-hmm. always should have been. And mm-hmm. he's got something to prove. And he's not dissing AEW. He's not saying anything negative about them. But he is, in a way, coming across as like, yeah, this is where this happens. This is mm-hmm. WWE. There's nobody else like it. Uh, this is where I'm supposed to finish things off. And this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. And he doesn't have to say a, ne- a single negative thing, but you just get that impression from watching him. Yeah. And I think for WWE, that's part of what they're paying for. Right, mm. they've got this guy that went out and rebranded himself, but they're also getting a guy who's coming in with that rep and going, "Yeah, this is where with the big stuff is, guys. This is WWE. Mm. This is there's nobody else like us. Look at what this guy's going to do when he comes back here." Right, so I think for many reasons that was there's so much more to that match that made it the number one moment of the weekend for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that goes into it, and I think yeah. it's just incredibly huge. And yeah, what you were saying about I mean th- about. Um sort of the AEW versus WWE style. Um, there, there, there are guys in AEW that can do that, but they're not guys that I, that WWE is really 
I don't think would ever be interesting. So, for, for example, Hangman Page, who I adore, and I think yeah. is just an incredible he's wrestler, one. an amazing he's storyteller. One. I don't know what... I can't see... I can never see him in WWE. I just don't think they would know what to do with him. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, maybe in NXT, but... Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see but if they... Whereas, he's, like you said, MJF, yeah, I can see him in WWE very easily. A um, couple of other yeah. guys, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, well, so that's... All right, so what if we those were our top three moments? Uh, mm. What would be whether it's just one or two of the the kind of the moments this weekend that you're like, yeah, that was not not good. I think everyone was a little bit disappointed with the Edge AJ, Edge AJ Styles match. Um, slow start, never really got out of second gear. I think it ended strong. I I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this kind of state, this sort of alliance with Damian Priest is going to go. You know, we've we reported on the site. Um, there was some gossip regarding Edge potentially starting a, a stable, and it now looks like that might be the case. It could just it could just be him and Damian Priest, but I'd be very surprised if they don't add at least one more person to the yeah to that uh, that group. Yeah, so that match wasn't super great. Uh, maybe probably was hindered slightly by AJ Styles getting in getting his face busted open by Pyro immediately before yeah, the match. I, I don't know what happened there. If he hit the set coming out, or if the Pyro yeah. wasn't. I know there's a debate about it because no, there's no real good angle of it. I don't think. But yeah, all of a sudden yeah. he's just bleeding, right? So like, I'm sure we'll there. find out and in, in due in due time, maybe tonight. But. Um... Yeah, so that match was a little bit disappointing. Um, there was a lot of other like sort of crazy stuff, you know. I I had a lot of fun with. I thought these the the jackass stuff was was really fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've, but yeah, other than that, really the most I would say the biggest letdown. There was there were worse things on the show, but the biggest letdown was definitely the Edge AJ Styles. Uh, what did you think? I know that you and a, well, maybe not you, but a couple of the guys at the sports are here did not love the Butch and the New Day, uh, Ridge Holland. Where do you sit on that one? I I think I'm in the minority. I didn't mind. Yeah, it. yeah, I know you're a fan. I'm not. So I I don't hate it. I'll say that much. I don't hate it. I the, I thought the match. I, I I see why they did the match because obviously those guys we got those guys have to get a payday. It's really important. Um, and so even if they're just out there for 30 seconds, you know, at least they're getting paid for that. Um, the, for me, and I mentioned this, I'm a big, but I'm a big fan of, I'm a Pete Dunne fan. I've been a Pete Dunne fan for a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to wrap your head around the fact he's no longer Pete Dunne. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I always thought he had really nailed his own character. The bruiser way I thought was just a perfect fit for, his look and his his in ring style, um, I I I you know, for all I know, this could end up this could end up going somewhere where he where he's on top and he looks like a million bucks. You know, I don't want to like make any sort of bold predictions. Um, I don't mind the concept of Seamus running a stable to me. That's like kind of like Peaky Blinders or whatever. That's totally fine. I just hope that they, but I hope everyone get, I hope everyone is utilized correctly. And then for me, the big thing was Rich. I, I personally wouldn't have chosen to Rich Holland over Butch, but I, like you said, their, the, the angle they're going with is Butch is like this scrappy little dude that wants to like get involved. He's like scrappy dude, basically. He wants to get in a fight, but he's not in the match, so he can't have a fight. So, I mean, you know, intrigued to see where it goes but i think yeah. I, I like i like the bruiser weight and i'm you know i'm sure he'll come back at some point though yeah i'll certainly hold out the fact that this could not end up well like yes this character could be a total flop uh whatever but what i will say and what i'm being patient for which i see a lot of people online and social media or not is that the pete dunn character of butch 
if you know the history of the Little Rascals bully and that whole you know, 50s whatever show, uh, he's like a bully, right? Just wants to get in there and whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete Dunn, that's the character he's playing. So uh, my patience here is to let it play out just to see what happens here and if this could be a character that people sort of fall in love with, right? Like, So when he finally does get in that match and he's the kind of the mashup of Butch meets Pete Dunn, what's that going to look like? Could be very mm-hmm. entertaining. So for me, I'm kind of like, you know what? You don't need to do much. Get him on there. Those four guys were there to sell Butch. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw it, right? Yeah. I do feel bad a little bit for New Day because of the fact that Xavier Woods and Kofi are wanting to go out there and pay tribute to Big E, and they're not really getting the chance to do that. Yeah, they had the singlets on and other stuff, but they're losing every match they're in. Like They, they lost like four weeks in a row, right? So uh, they're not getting a chance to really do that, but maybe you can do that without winning. But uh, I don't mind that one. One of the takeaways for me that I didn't love, uh, and I'm with you on the Jackass stuff, it's right in the middle for me. It wasn't great. wasn't bad. Silly yeah. fun, right? If mm-hmm. you can put aside the fact that it's not really a wrestling match, it's just a chaotic trick. I mean, it, that did show what Sami Zayn is capable of as well. I mean, oh, the yeah. guy is just a, performan- a, a performing arts genius, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what to make of Omos. I don't oh, yeah, a, man. I don't have a clue what they're doing here. And... I just wonder if it's like they said, you know what, he's not ready, and mm. we've now realized it, so mm-hmm. let's book him in with Lashley. We need to get a big win for Lashley coming back, and let's just mm-hmm. have him beat Omos. Mm. I, it could have been that. It could have been that they just were building Lashley, and Omos was the guy to help do it. But to me, and I'm not comparing the two, I don't think they're on the same level, but you remember when Goldberg lost for the first time, and everyone's like, now what? Yeah, was it, was, you it Nash, was it Nash? Right was it Kevin Nash? Yeah, it was Kevin Nash yeah, and the Stunner, yeah. right? Like they zapped right. him with the, the yeah, thing that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But once Goldberg's undefeated streak is over, it's over. He's no longer yeah. the undefeated Goldberg. Well, yeah. Omos was dominating and beating the crap out of everyone, and like mm. handily. You mm-hmm. can no longer say that about him. No. So yeah. what does that do for him? Is he just going to be pushed away? Is he coming back bigger and badder and meaner than ever? Like he got, he really kind of he was dominant for a while but he got pretty easily beaten by lashley so i don't know if this was just WWE giving up on him and saying you know what he's not ready he needs more time yeah. maybe we'll use him but the way they were building him coming in he was like the next andre the giant they had him so, beat aj man they had him beat yeah, aj style you know the so they've the thrown that right out the window so i have yeah. no idea what that's supposed to mean right if i had a little feeling watching that match when it start right before it started right i was like okay this is going to be a squash i almost is going to squash lashley that was like my immediate thought and then as it started to play out, I was like, you know, even 30, 40 seconds in, I was like, actually, I think they might be going, I think Ash, I think Lashley might be winning this. And then, so now, yeah, I mean, look, it's tough because it's like, have they wasted a lot of energy and money in tr- trying to get Omos up to a level that he's not capable of reaching? I guess we'll wait and see. But I could yeah. easily, you know how great Carly kind of just turned into like a joke character after after that, after a while? Yeah, you that, know? that's part of the concern, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I can see that happening. But look, if he's not, if he's not, I, I what we saw of him, I didn't think was awful, honestly. Like he's a big lad and he's slow, but I didn't, I thought he kind of handled himself competently, at least, especially on a massive stage like that. Um, so, you know, it's not the end of the world. I think it's possible to repair that somehow, maybe even if he comes out tonight and, squashes someone like squashes a bit you know a Kofi Kingston or someone like that I don't know um but yeah it's not looking good (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where you just start sure where this goes and and what they do and uh 
could be interesting. Uh, I didn't mind Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. It was a much better match than I thought it was going to be. A uh, different match than Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, but that was right in the middle for me. Uh, Absolutely. I, I like that match. Yeah. It just like There was a lot of back and forth, no cells, one move and a pin, one move and a pin. But at the end, I thought Ronda Rousey did a very, very good job of selling the emotion in the match. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, the whole, I feel for the referee. How did you not get that pin, the foot on the ropes? Like, she did a really good job. I think Ronda Rousey's taken a massive step in terms of what she's able to do inside those ropes. And mm. Charlotte's great, right? Charlotte's just Charlotte, and he, she'll make anybody look really good. So I was pleasantly surprised with that match, but I'm with you on the AJ Styles and Edge one. Uh, it wasn't a bad match. It just wasn't anywhere near the expectation level that people had for it. Right, it was slow paced. It didn't move. It felt like they were tired from the very beginning. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in the Damian Priest stuff. We'll see what happens there. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I didn't think there was any too uh, too many like really negatives. Like typically at WrestleMania, they always got a couple just like, oh my god, what are they doing? Uh, yeah, I didn't feel that way at all this weekend. There was nothing. Yeah, it in certainly there wasn't was. like like WrestleMania 32 where the entire show was just a complete snooze fest, right? Um, yeah. with maybe a couple of like fun funny moments, but. Um, yeah, it was overall a success. Two nights for them to be... So this is the third third year they've done two nights in a row. The first year doesn't really count because it was at the Performance Center. Yeah. Second year, again, it was like limited attendance and they were just still... They were like stick it. They were still in Florida or whatever. So this is the first... This was the first proper two-night... The first proper WrestleMania that's two nights, right? Because it was completely capacity attendance, full attendance and everything. Um, do you think... Moving forward, it's going to be... Is it two nights from here on out forever and ever? I think they've officially announced it. Yeah, two nights I, next year as well? I think that's from here on in. That's the Interesting. plan. Unless yeah. something new comes in to change it. I don't know why you wouldn't. They broke yeah. revenue records. They broke attendance right. records. It's a it's a cash cow for them. It's, it's, it's a huge win for them to do two nights and sell two nights worth of tickets. And Absolutely, have two yeah. nights worth of merchandise sales. Uh, mm-hmm. Have two nights worth of surprises. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't. To... I remember going to I've, I've I've been to two WrestleManias, um, I can't remember the numbers. Thirty-five. I went to the one in Orlando, the last one that was in Orlando, and then the New Orleans, the one that was in New Orleans after that. And they were both very very long. Yeah. And I remember at the time being in the arena and thinking like, like I'm not sure if Wrestle Kingdom had been split up into two nights by that point, but there was I remember thinking like they should just make this two nights. Just yeah. make it two nights. Uh, but now, of course, it's like it was one eight-hour night, and now it's like two seven-hour nights or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, you I know, think I, it, I think it's a perfect storm, too, when you've got a guy like Nick Khan in there who's already looking at other nights, right? He's already said publicly that he wants to go out there and find other nights, Saturdays or Fridays, where there's big events happening in big cities, and he can piggyback off that stuff. Mm. So I think WWE is more open now than they ever were to having pay-per-views that aren't on Sunday nights. Yeah. So when you have WrestleMania and you're bringing in all of that, you know, economic windfall for the cities that you're in, why would you not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the rental for the arena, I guess, goes up. But I don't know what WWE was doing if they were already renting it for the whole weekend, how those arrangements went. So mm-hmm. if they're not and it's just extra cash, why mm-hmm. would you not do it, right? Absolutely. Um, before we move on to Monday, though, the one thing we should absolutely talk about is the main event, right? We haven't mentioned it in our top three. Uh, or our worst moments. But what did you think of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? How did you feel about that match? I mean, um, it wasn't... It didn't enthrall me. Um, I thought that everything... Everything leading up to it, I thought was good. And then the bell rang, and everything after the bell rang was a little, was a letdown. It was basically... It was, a, it was a letdown. But, I don't know. We've seen these guys wrestle a bunch of times now, right? At WrestleMania, in the main event. 
Um, the first time they did it, they had Seth Rollins come in and cash in because they knew the match was going to be shit, basically, right? <laughs> Excuse my French. Um, I don't know. Maybe this. I hope. I I love both the. I love Roman Reigns. I love Brock Lesnar. Maybe maybe don't have the main event WrestleMania ever again because I don't know that they've. Has it ever worked? Maybe the new uh, the the show that I mentioned that I was at, the one in New Orleans. They main evented that one. I think that was probably the best one, the best match they've had, right? And even that wasn't super great. Um, it was a letdown, but we're not 100% positive yet, but it looks like maybe Rome, uh, Roman got injured and maybe there was an audible yeah, call. Yeah, sure. I haven't heard much about that today. I saw, I've seen the pictures and I've seen the stuff and he looked like he was okay and he's already tweeted mm-hmm. out that he's the man. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, he certainly does not want his streak to end this way. That's for yeah. sure. Um, I don't know. I'm again. I'm one of these guys that's sometimes in the minority. I like the match actually. That mm. the one thing I will say that a lot of I've seen from a lot of people is they didn't like the finish. Uh, it was just so sudden. Right? It was abrupt. Like, yeah. You've got this Kimura lock that's working. His arms out. My arms out. My arms out. Uh, which I think, by the way, is not the legit injury. I think he's selling the idea that he was in a Kimura lock um, mm-hmm. when he's saying that to Heyman. But. This the one spear and it's over. I think that was a little shocking for people, which is why I think the match gets more thumbs down than it should. But I actually really liked the match. I loved the dynamic of Roman Reigns being the real heel here and Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar being the babyface. This is really kind of the first time we've actually naturally seen these guys switch roles like this. So, And I thought they did a good job. There was a lot of selling, mm-hmm. lots of uh, back and forth for both guys. They had high spots where the crowd was really into what they were doing and stuff. Just that the end came so quick that I think yeah. people are kind of like, what the hell was that? Right. Yeah, you're right about the build as well. Like them, they they really did. Brock, who is traditionally always a heel, and Roman, who for the longest time was a babyface, but you know, not necessarily a good one. Um, my wife, who doesn't follow wrestling religiously or anything, she she just kind of absorbs it in the periphery um, from from me watching it she she watched the show with me last night and when she when that main event started she was very taken by the fact that that they that that they had switched roles basically because the last time she saw the pair of them was the other way around and she was very impressed by how brock lesnar was being was by she was very impressed by brock lesnar's baby face skills and she was very impressed by roman's heel skills yeah um she's a non-fan so that was her you know her take on it um yeah i mean i thought look it, uh, yeah i mean it wasn't the end it wasn't uh, terrible it was i think maybe it was a little bit of a wet blanket way to end the show i don't know but yeah i mean well, they're, they're two of the biggest stars in the world so you know even if they even if the match isn't super good that just their presence is enough to yeah. to you know propel the big show. fight feeling uh i don't know mm-hmm. I talk about guys you don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what this means for brock lesnar uh, losing, like, it's great that he was willing to do it, and it's good for Roman Reigns because he's now legitimately the top guy, um, all that stuff. But uh, I don't know what just does does Lesnar take off for a while? Like, what happens here, right? So I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see where that goes. But uh, for sure, um, we do have a we do have a couple more comments. Okay, yeah, go um, for it. yeah, let's grab those. Okay, uh, Ozzy says Ozzy's commenting on your hat, Jim. Ozzy of says course. Jim Jim has his hat on today Ozzy's a regular on my facebook shows okay that's great he always wants to know if i'm wearing a hat or not i'm about 70 30 hats to not hats so yeah i'm i'm moving in i'm like bald so i'm like moving into hat territory myself honestly i'm gonna have to start Um, getting some new ones so that he's got a new one to look at every week then we have um uh, kevin who has who's uh, kevin actually said that bron breaker should have been the person to beat omos 
that would have been very interesting. It certainly would have done... I feel like that would have done more for Bronn than it did for Lashley. Um, yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Maybe we see Bronn tonight. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second, Jim. Yeah. Um, and then also, Kevin also mentions Rick Boogs, who we didn't we didn't talk about, making his sort of WrestleMania, in-ring WrestleMania debut and ending in tragedy, really. Yeah, you got to feel bad for him. I, mm-hmm. I, I was surprised to learn that he was legitimately injured because the way that that match was, what felt like to me was booked, it almost looked like it was supposed to be an injury angle. Right, mm-hmm. he's got the two guys on his shoulders. Oh, his knee yeah. buckles under the pressure. He tags it like he's selling. Yeah, everybody's like flawlessly going with it. All right, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, well, Nakamura can't beat both the Usos. This is a good way to protect everybody. The Usos win, they retain. I thought it was all on purpose to learn. It really afterwards. did seem. It really yeah. did feel like that. That way, to you're, you're right. It yeah. was legitimate. I was like, wow. I was shocked by that. So I mean, the fact that they're able. To, I mean, I guess that kind of shows how good they these people are at their jobs. That they somehow had to make it look like nothing had gone wrong and still just sort of improvise. You know. Um, yeah, but yeah, you got to feel bad for Boogs, man. Uh, but he'll come back. You know. Maybe don't try to carry two guys on you <laughs> at the same time, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I just I watched it again, and the way that his leg, like there was no moment in there where you know when you see a guy gets like leg injured, or it bends funny or does something or something pops out or whatever. I right, didn't see yeah. that. I didn't see like when, any of that. There was like no when Rollins, like when Rollins tore his knee, right? He it was very obvious yeah. that he had had messed or his like knee when up Eddie very Guerrero's badly. Elbow popped out when he was doing that frog splash. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, that was yeah, yeah. Like that mm-hmm. was so obvious. It was just like, oh my gosh, that's so gross. Or Finn um, Balor's shoulder as well when or he had Sid's to... Sid's calf or whatever. Yeah, out <laughs> like all that stuff. You're like immediately know oh, something's not. right. We're like seasoned wrestling fans that we can just call to mind all of these disgusting <laughs> like limb. Breaks. You know, you've been a fan too long. When um, yeah. But, like, I got the sense that Boogs just lifted up his leg and fell down. It looked like he was selling it. And so I mm. felt really, really bad to find out that he's got a legitimate injury. That's a real bummer. Your first yeah. WrestleMania, first real big moment, and that's how you have to go out. But And then we got, uh, sure we got another... Ready. We got another comment. We got a comment from Big MGM who wants to know uh, who we think Roman's next opponent is going to be if his injury isn't severe. For me, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm supporting that idea, but I do Mm -hmm. believe that there's not a whole lot of people left. Maybe Lashley, based on his babyface turn. Uh, But Drew McIntyre makes a lot of sense. Now, Lashley's on Raw, keep in mind. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I think, I think, yeah, well, I, I, like, yeah. like I said, I had no idea what they're doing with these titles, right? Like, yeah, heard right. That they're going to keep them unified and he can go on both shows. I've also heard that this is only temporary and they're going to go back to the two belts afterwards. Like, I've heard yeah. both. So, yeah, I really don't know where this is going and if he'll stay on one branch. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to assume Drew McIntyre because it makes sense. You got to get him out of that happy Corbin storyline. He's a big guy, uh, yeah. big baby face. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get another run for the title at some point here. I don't know that you do Cody yet, but yeah. I think that's down the line. That's probably feels like we're getting there. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he might. Um, yeah, we're gonna go through a couple other big guys. I don't know who else. I mean, Drew. Yeah, he's gonna probably go through Drew Lashley, like you said. Um, maybe Edge, AJ, someone like that. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people say The Rock, but that's so far down the line, and it's just a, such a big maybe. And right, the fact right. that we didn't see the rock at all over the weekend—I don't know, man. I'm—I'm I, I'm not. I, I'm sure that that's what WWE is planning for. I don't. I—I I, I put it this way: I'm not going to be sh- surprised if the Rock isn't involved in WrestleMania next year or isn't in a match. You know, I'm sh- maybe he'll be involved because they're in LA 
Although I don't think he even lives in LA. He lives in Virginia. Uh, <laughs> it's not like he could just drive home. He lives on a movie set and everything goes with him. Yeah. Right? Like he, yeah. he takes the whole, the whole uh, campus with him. Wherever yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's got an apartment somewhere. I'm sure he's got like I'm a sure he's got a few. Marina Del Rey uh, penthouse or something. Yeah. But. Yeah. And even if they were to do that for next year's WrestleMania, they're not going to start that build tonight. You know what I mean? Like, no. so when the question is who's the next opponent, it's not The Rock. So I know a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, The Rock, The Rock, but it's not going to be next. Like, there's going to have to be at least another line of four or five people before that even becomes a reality. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's hope the injury is not real or at least not severe, um, that they don't have to worry about it. it. Might, in a way, it might. In a way, there's there's a there's an interpretation that maybe him having to give up the title via an injury is the best, is the best way forward because who, who, who can, who can get it off of him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would just be a, a shame if he had to re- release it based on that many days in a row. And then you have to for just, sure. Yeah. I hate it when people have to vacate the titles. So I know. Just... I'm never a big fan of that either, especially after a long, long reign like that, you know? All right. Uh, so should we move on from WrestleMania and talk a little bit about uh, Monday WrestleMania Monday, is that what the official yeah. name of it is? WrestleMania Monday? Yeah, we've got, what, an hour and 45 minutes, I think, until the show starts. So, yeah, yeah, so what's your, what's your expectation of tonight? I've heard some people say, ah, they're not going to expect a whole lot. And then I've heard other people say, like, yeah, there's, there's a whole crap load going down here over the next three hours. Where do you fall on that line? So I feel like traditionally we have it in our minds that WrestleMania, the Monday after WrestleMania is always super crazy and a bunch of stuff happens. And I feel like that's made i feel like that's like only true for like half the time in the last like 15 years or so i don't know i feel like there have been a lot of big surprises and a big return some big returns and some big debuts on the monday after mania i feel like there's been a few recently that have been kind of lackluster and haven't really been that exciting certainly that i'm certainly not able to remember i certainly can't remember what happened last year or the year before that mostly nxt right that's right yeah yeah and Um, actually was in there and stuff like that but that's right yeah i'm I'm with you sometimes it's huge i think it dates all the way back to when x-pac came back from wcw and the gold was a post wrestlemania one night i went to that one Mm -hmm. um you know that was a big return but yeah it's been hit or miss right they sometimes i can see guys but oscar maybe coming back we maybe lacey evans comes back um bailey was in attendance last night she was taking pictures from the okay yeah i mean we gotta see bailey again soon man she's gotta get throat get back in the mix very soon um she's sorely missed I think maybe we see Braun Breaker, man. Maybe that's why he didn't win on uh, on Saturday. Maybe we yeah. see him tonight. Tommaso Ciampa said goodbye with Triple H. So uh, while he's been on Raw before, maybe this is the beginning of him coming. I hope so, man. Races. I hope he's fully locked in the main roster now, and I hope they utilize him well because that guy's been on NXT for so long, given so you know so many busted his ass, put in so many shifts, so many good performances. Yeah. He's the guy. He's like just. A locker room leader down there man he he deserves a shot at you know he deserves a shot on the main roster here's i don't know con- what his ceiling is but here's my concern for tomasa champa and it's the same concern and the same thing i think of when i think of pete dunn i love pete dunn too i love his gimmick i love his character i love that he's twisting limbs and breaking fingers and doing all that stuff in nxt but i have a feeling that they look at his size and yeah. they look at the ability to put him up in, in the ring with a lot of people on the main roster and go, how does anybody get to believe this? Yeah. So we need a character like mm-hmm. this Butch. I see the same thing in Tommaso Ciampa. I have all the respect in the world yeah, for me Tommaso too, Ciampa. Yeah. And I believe he legitimately, on his own, could be a star. Maybe anywhere but the Raw or SmackDown roster. Because we... they're so big and they're so... He just he doesn't match up 
physically we see, and um, right? We do see people buck these trends, right? So we see, you know, Brian Danielson. Um, even, I mean, Shawn Michaels isn't like a, a, a big guy. You know, Eddie Guerrero wasn't like a huge guy. You know, we do see these trends buck, but it's very rare. You have to have something really, really special, I think. And you also need... You need, like, zeitgeist on your side. You need this, like... Like, with Brian Danielson, we don't get WWE Champion Brian Danielson if the WWE Universe doesn't sort of coalesce around him and demand that he is pushed the way he was pushed, right? Yeah. Um, so many factors need to... So many bricks need to fall into place for someone of Chumper's size to 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 get a rocket strapped to them in WWE, right? Yeah, and, there, and the only reason I say that is because I think if we do see Ciampa, that we see maybe a character shift. We see some sort of new gimmick, some sort of angle mm-hmm. attached to mm-hmm. him. Because mm-hmm. I think on his own, while I have all the respect in the world for him, I don't think WWE is going to push him by himself like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to have to... You're, if we see him, it could be something different. It could be something mm-hmm. unique. Otherwise, maybe he's in Edge's, uh, maybe he's in Edge's stable. That, that that was, new group. Yeah, sure. he would fit, right? Yeah. I think they're going with like a brutish kind of thing. And so yeah. if that's the case, you want guys that are going to fit that mold and Priest mm-hmm. fits perfectly. And mm-hmm. I think if you tell a couple small minor tweaks to a guy like Ciampa, he fits too. So, mm-hmm. um, And I think Edge likes him. So I, I think there's probably a, a mix there. We're going to mm-hmm. see Veer finally. Yeah. I, have to, okay, I have to ask you this. Do you believe that Veer is going to actually succeed on Raw or is this now a troll job by WWE? He's going <laughs> to come out... Build this seven months they've been building this. October of 2021 is the first time we saw Veers coming to Raw. Does he come out and just lose, like squashed by somebody that who would... returns? Like somebody comes back, like big thing for Veer. Oh my God, he's debuting. All of a sudden, somebody returns and they just cream him in 30 seconds. Like that... does that happen? I legitimately think that could happen. I can see. I could absolutely see that happening. That'd be very, very funny. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he just shows up, wins a few squash matches, and then I don't know, fizzles out. I don't. I don't know. I don't. We've seen. I've seen a little bit of him. Um, who knows, man? Maybe he could be. He could be the next WWE champion. You know, you never know. But you know what? I just don't know how they do it because they've yeah. been building this so long that there's no way he can live up to this hype. Even though the hype is sort of like it's manufactured it's you know? in itself. Yeah, right? yeah. But. Like he can't, he can't do anything to live up to seven months worth of hype. I don't know if there's been a history, a star in the history of the industry that's been built for this long to yeah. come out and debut. I think you almost have to make it a joke. Like yeah. just go, we've been doing this for seven months. We get it. We we totally pooch this. Let's just have some fun with it, mm-hmm. and we'll say this is the biggest thing since sliced bread, and we'll just have them lose. Like yeah. I, I, I almost think that's what they're going to do. I, I mean, I, wrong, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I would pop for that. I would laugh yeah. if that's what, and that's what I wonder <laughs> if they're going for. Just the short-term pop and get somebody yeah. else over having realized that they dragged this out way too long. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be very curious to see what happens. Uh, and I saw you mention you think Cody Rhodes is going to give like a little 20-minute promo. You expect <laughs> yeah. I can just – look, I'm not uh, I'm not betting on it or anything, but I can see the uh, the USA Network Twitter account – that some of the WWE accounts have been, they've been plugging Cody's uh, appearance on Raw tonight heavily. I can see him opening the show with like a twenty-minute uh, Cody Cody promo. Um, but you know, maybe I think maybe the way to go would be to open the show with Roman. Um, but yeah, I could easily see Cody. Cutting. Yeah, open the second hour with Cody. Open the third hour with Cody. Whatever. I do think you should give him the promo time, and depending on what you let him say, I think it could be huge. It could be I hope, he has a, I hope he has a match, man. I want to see him in the it, ring again. I, what he I... says tonight, if they give him the microphone, could make or break him. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of how people either get behind him 
or they quickly lose the buzz from WrestleMania. And so, his promos, his, his AEW promos were very hit and miss, man. Sometimes he'd nail it, hit it out of the park. Then there were times yeah. when it was just very cringe and sort of like, you know, like his Anthony Gogo feud. That was never, I wasn't into any of that. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah well, I guess we'll find out. But he also yeah. has the ability to strike out too. So, and maybe I think the WWE universe is going to be so happy to see him that it's going to go down well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what goes down. Any other surprises you expect tonight, or uh, just uh, traditional WrestleMania Monday? Yeah, hard uh, to predict. A lot of man. chaos. Like it's just one of those shows where it's either really, really cool, and you take away a couple of moments, you're like, oh my god, they just crammed so much in here that it's mm. like it's like over sensory sensory overload like you're just like mm -hmm. oh man there's just too much going on right yeah but there's a lot going on man it'll yeah, certainly I mean... be interesting we had to clear the deck tonight to make sure we had enough room to cover all the stories we expect to come out of the show so uh guys should be keeping an eye on the sports.com because everything that's happening on raw if you don't watch it tonight we'll be uh updating on the website so yeah man yeah we're going to be writing a lot and you're going to be doing your look out for jim's winners and losers right yeah, and then we'll do Talking Raw right after on Facebook. So if anybody mm -hmm. wants to join us live and stream on Facebook, as Ozzy knows, uh, I might even have a different hat on at that time. And eventually uh, we're going to figure out how to simultaneously stream the same show to YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we'll get all of these things uh, working together and married yeah. in one big happy um, synergy. And then real quick, there. before before we before we duck out, um, I just want to shout out, I, wa I watched and covered the... Uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show on Friday night. Um, first, the first Ring of Honor show of the Tony Khan era. I think it was brilliant. I had a great time watching it. It was really enjoyable. The um, Briscoe's FTR match was just absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen it, go out your way to see it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, this is a, we were talking about WWE today, but I think very, very intrigued to see what Ring of Honor looks like moving forward, whether it becomes like an AEW, AEW's version of NXT. Certainly seems that that's what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what goes down. And how can we not mention Samoa Joe's AEW? Yeah, exactly, right? man. Comes and shows up at Ring of Honor, and he's signed with all elites. So. The timing was the timing for that was perfect as well, right? He signs... I, I believe that he must have been in talks with, with AEW prior to Tony Khan actually buying Ring of Honor. So then when his clause is up or whatever, they're like, you know, oh, we've got Supercard coming up. You can debut there. Uh, we can, or you can re-debut at... You can return to Ring of Honor. It's been seven, seven years, I think, since he's been in Ring of Honor. And even his last Ring of Honor run wasn't super great. It was brief and didn't really do much. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess... I guess we, Well, we are going to see Joe on Wednesday on Dynamite. So, yeah, yeah. looking forward well, to seeing Joe on TV already, again. right? With one show under the belt, what Tony Khan is thinking about this unit. Uh, between Ring of Honor and AEW, they're not yeah. going to be treated separately at all. Yeah, right? like he's got the there guy was a lot of Ring of Honor, and then mm -hmm. he's got him signed as an All Elite star. So, and this means we're going to see meeting ROH, or is he the two just work together and all the guys are under the same umbrella? Like it tells you a lot about what he's thinking, right? We're going to get to see some um, old school Ring of Honor legends that Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, these people are going to, we're going to get to see, probably going to get to see these people in a Ring of Honor ring again, which is something we never thought would happen. And if we get Daniel, if we get Brian Danielson versus Jonathan Gresham in a Ring of Honor ring, I mean, that's, for me, that's something I'm very excited to see. Yeah, no, there should be some really solid matchups coming out of that. And if he's just crossing them over freely between shows, be really interesting to see how he's he's go. a fan he's like a fantasy booker with a lot of money and it's it's actually kind of 
amazing to watch. So <laughs> yeah, it has a, he has the ability to go sideways on you, but so far he's juggling the line pretty well. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it continues. But it'll be yeah. There's a lot of this is the best time of year to be a wrestling fan, right? We're just off yeah, the man. heels of the Royal Rumble. We just finished WrestleMania weekend. There's all this AEW and Ring of Honor news. Mm-hmm. There's just so much happening in the world of wrestling. We're on the road to double or nothing now, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming up next month. No, it'll be good. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see a million re- WrestleMania rematches probably, but which mm-hmm. is always the downside of WrestleMania ending, but... Mm-hmm. You never know. It should be good, and it'll start tonight with Monday Night Raw. So yeah, I, I'm good. I I feel like we've covered this whole thing. Yeah, man, we got it done. We got it done, man. It, we're under an hour as well. So yeah, I'm, nice. I'm I'm impressed with it, and we will be back. We're gonna try to do this much more regularly. We're still kind of figuring out our schedules and stuff, but yeah, you can expect to see a lot more of myself and Jim on YouTube. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, make sure that you uh, follow so that when we do another video here on YouTube, you get the notifications that we're going to be on and live Absolutely. and you can interact with us. And uh, flop on over to Facebook tonight because we'll do Yeah, like, subscribe, comment, uh, check out Jim's Facebook stuff, and don't forget to visit thesportster.com to see stuff that Jim and I have written and other and some of our colleagues have written. Uh, there's awesome. a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, yeah. Some 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 very uh, controversial takes on the website too um, that I don't fully endorse, but yeah. other people are going to love them. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's the morning. It's like this is not uh, a message. What do we say? They. There's always that warning. Is this is not um, I'm trying to think of the words where they say the opinions are not based on the network or whatever. They always have yeah that, for sure. Yeah. That's what that's what it is like working right. for the sports day. Yeah, a retweet does not uh, does not equal an endorsement. <laughs> that's right. Just because. <laughs> all the posts on the facebook page does not mean they were all my idea just to let you know yeah (laughs) i'm like wow you guys are asking for it all right well i appreciate it norm that was fun yeah nice one man take it easy and uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll stay in touch and we'll do this again real soon yeah sounds good see you guys everybody Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 